Welcome to Freedom to Retire with Jim Cipriotti, powered by Retire Ready Financial Group. You got to be prepared. If you're not prepared and you have too much risk, you may make some adverse choices. And so you need to have a plan because the downturns are going to happen. Jim Cipriotti has been helping people in the greater Philadelphia and South New Jersey areas reach their retirement goals for over two decades. We just want to make sure we're not too aggressive, not too conservative either. We want that nice mix. And that's what I help my clients with every single day. Now, freedom to retire. The IRS has released the new tax brackets for 2024, and the bottom line is that thanks to inflation, there is actually a 5.4% bump in income thresholds to reach each new bracket. Now, this sounds like good news, so I have to ask, first of all, is it good news? And then second of all, can you explain exactly what this means? Uh, sure, Chris. Uh, the bump in the, the threshold for each tax bracket, that's been pretty much taking place just about every year, at least for as long as I can remember anyways. And the IRS has made these changes each year using a formula based kind of around that consumer price index that we're all kind of really familiar with lately with this high inflation. Um, they do this really in order to, to present something that they like to call a bracket creep, which is when inflation just naturally kind of pushes taxpayers into that higher bracket without any real increase in actual income or actual buying power. Mm. So, yeah, so next year, 2024, you'll have to make around 5.4% more than you made in 2023 before being kicked into a higher bracket. And one common concern that I hear uh, people saying from time to time are things like, oh, man, if I do that, Jim, that's going to kick me into a higher tax bracket. Uh, for, for example, sometimes people take withdrawals from their 401k uh, when they're retired, maybe you know, a larger withdrawal. Let's say they want to buy a car. Um, and let's say they're currently in that 22% bracket, which is one of the more common ones nowadays. But let's say the withdrawal for the car, maybe a $20,000 down payment on a new car, maybe it puts them into the, you know, their taxable income into the next higher bracket, which the next one up currently is 24%. Um, and let's say you're married, you file a joint tax return and, uh, that would mean really the, the first $190,750 of your income will be taxed at 22% or less, okay? But let's say that that $20,000 withdrawal from the you know the car that your spouse had to have, right? Let's say <laughs> that that $20,000 withdrawal uh, took your taxable income, let's say it was normally like 180,000, but now you're at 200,000. So it looks like in this case, it may be true that you may have triggered that 24% higher tax bracket that everyone fears. But that does not mean the entire $20,000 withdrawal is going to be taxed at 24%. Okay. Only the excess above the 190750 because that's where the bracket is, mm -hmm. only the excess is going to be taxed at 24%. And that differential is around $9,250 for the, the uh, splurging on the car. Um, and only that $9,250 uh, would, would fall into that 24% uh, bracket which means you'd pay an additional 2% because uh, you're not in the 22% bracket anymore, an additional 2% on the 9,250, which is 185 bucks. <laughs> okay. Big, big deal. Yeah. Uh, and everyone's so, oh, it's, I'm going to go to the higher tax bracket. 185 bucks in this case. So uh, what you really need to watch out for, guys, is that, um, that $190,000 range. If you're married, remember this number. Uh, with a, file, a joint filing uh, tax return, 190000 in that range of income. If you're married, you don't want to really cross over that amount because that's where the IRMA, 
uh, uh, starts to creep in, which is where they increase your Medicare premiums if you have even a dollar over that. Mm. So that's the that's the tricky one. So for a client in that position, what I would have probably suggested is that they withdraw maybe um, uh, $10,000 now. If they wanted that 20000 bucks for the car, what I would suggest is taking maybe $10,000 now in 2023 tax year, maybe from the 401k or wherever it might, might be. And then what you do is just wait until the first week of Jan- January 2nd uh, or January 3rd, which is just a couple of weeks anyway. And then you take the other $10,000 withdrawal. Uh, so now you have the full $20,000 to bring to the dealership. And now the taxable income would have only jumped from 180000 in 2023 to 190000 So these Medicare premiums, the IRMA would not have been increased and your household would have stayed in the 22% bracket the whole time. So these are just some of the types of tax planning techniques that I help my my clients uh, with pretty much every day, Chris. You know that's that's actually really clever. It's you know uh, splitting it, you know, so so it's not all showing up on on one year's returns and making sure you're paying as little as possible, not just in taxes, but as you said, the Medicare. You know, and, and there's a two year look back on that, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So they uh, you're not going to have increased Medicare premiums. Uh, they won't catch up for mm-hmm. another two years. So people <laughs> think they're in the clear. Ah, no one saw me do it. No, they saw. It just takes a little <laughs> while to catch up. And what I've done over the years, you know, I've studied and studied these historical tax rates, you know, over over history, you know, over America's history. So when I look at today's top tax rates, thirty two percent, thirty five percent, and right now we have up to a maximum of thirty seven percent. And some of us quiver at the thought of paying 37%. But I can't help but think back uh, when I'm looking at these uh, tax uh, figures throughout history, and anyone can Google this stuff, um, previous generations of of Americans, previous uh, family members of ours, uh, they were hit so hard prior when it came to taxes. I mean, look, nowadays, everyone has a cell phone glued to their hands. So do this. You'll get a kick out of this sometime later today when you have a free minute. Grab your phone, go to Google and type in um, tax rates, tax brackets, 1965 through 1981. And I caution you, make sure you're sitting down <laughs> when you look at these figures, because as recent as you know, 1981, not that long ago, 1981, if you had taxable income over one hundred and nine thousand four hundred dollars, Okay, you were getting hit with a 64% federal income tax. Oh my gosh. And uh and a 70% federal income tax for income over $215,400 and that's for for married couples. If you're a single guy, single gal, if you were earning over 108,000 bucks, your tax bracket was set you were losing 70% of that money to the government in the form of federal tax i mean can you imagine taxation at the i don't think i would get out of bed <laughs> and and w- go to work if i knew i had to give the government 70 percent mm-hmm. and that's why it's so important that everyone listening today understands that tax rates can shift in a heartbeat they can get really out of favor rapidly and and that's the tax rates that are withdrawals from our 401ks imagine taking a hundred thousand dollar withdrawal and only keeping thirty thousand dollars of it 70 percent tax no way uh, so, look, we can't ignore it. America has a staggering amount of debt on its shoulders, $32 trillion. It's not a good sign for where taxes could be headed. 
32, 32 trillion, by the way, it's such a big number that human beings, no one can comprehend what the heck a trillion is. We just know it's a very big number. A lot of zeros, yeah. Exactly. And here's one little fun fact. You know, if you were to add up all of the companies in the S&P 500, think about it. Companies like, think about Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, Tesla, Walmart, Bank of America. I mean, there's six companies. See if you can name 494 more. <laughs> So you get it. It's a massive amount of companies. Well, guess what? Fun fact, if we sold them all, let's say, God forbid, someplace uh, like China was able to come up with a, our price tag, uh, we would barely be out of debt because those companies added all together are $33 trillion. So that's why I've been focused like a laser on just making sure investors understand what tools we do have, things like these Roth IRAs, which can help insulate us and protect us against the very high likelihood of increased tax brackets down the road. And all of that money in your 401k, when you look at your balance, look at your statement, think in the back of your head, all of that money eventually needs to come back out. The airplane needs to land. So in our 70s, uh, the way the IRS does it is that they force us, whether we want to or not, kicking and screaming, whether we, <laughs> we have to start taking some money out. We get kicked out of those IRAs, 401ks. Um, and the problem is, is that we have no idea what tax rates are going to be, um, you know, at those ages, you know, later down the road. You know, what the heck is the government going to have in store for us, even in the next five years or 10 years? And these withdrawals from our, our pre-tax 401k, from our traditional IRA, they are taxed as ordinary income. Meanwhile, if you have Roth and you make qualified withdrawals from the Roth, you know, to buy your, you know, stuff throughout retirement, pay your bills, those withdrawals do not get included as taxable income on our federal tax returns. Uh, in fact, uh, they're tax-free. They are tax-free. And when your kids inherit the money in your Roth, because look at your 401k balance, you're not going to spend all of that money in your lifetime if you have a nice size balance. Uh, if that money is, is transitioned into a Roth and your kids inherit the money, your kids don't need to claim your money at their you know potentially really high tax rates if the government raises them at whatever income tax bracket they have because they're going to have income of their own on their tax return. Um, we just don't know where the government's going to have rates 20 years from now, 30 years from now, when your kids might inherit your money. And your, your kids are going to think, geez, mom and dad, they're the, probably the smartest human beings on the planet. Uh, you know, if, if, if they inherit money that is Roth, mm -hmm. because mom and dad bit the bullet. They just got the taxes over with. Mom and dad knew taxes were going to be there. They just got them over with. And the kids wouldn't have to pay a penny a penny of federal income tax when they inherit the money. So, you know, that's how I would want to be, you know, remembered, you know, as mom and dad, you know, the, the, the tax planning extraordinaires. <laughs> uh, so if you're listening now and this is striking a chord with you uh, because you're also in agreement that taxes are likely to go up higher, grab your phone. Give my office a call right now because I can teach you some techniques that you might not be aware of uh, that can help you in best preparing for the likelihood of higher taxes, especially... If you're between the age of 50 and 75, you are the folks that I want to speak with because that's when most of the meaningful tax planning can take place. So the phone number to call right now, 610-894-7415. That's 610-894-7415. And the call with me is 100% complimentary. We'll have a, a chat later this week. 
but you have to call today to get on my calendar. Uh, and we'll just have just a brief discussion, you know, to see if there's any suggestions I can make. Again, the number 610-894-7415, Chris. That window for, uh, you know, any proper tax planning for 2023 is closing quickly. Also, 2025, we're going to talk about that a little uh, a little later on the show. Also, when the Trump tax cuts are set to sunset and it's going to revert. So there really is no time like the present to go ahead and start developing that strategy. If you believe that taxes aren't going to go up in the future, I don't have to tell you. I, I, I genuinely hope you're right. I think we all hope you're right. But if you do think they are going to increase at some point down the line, I think this call is critical. So 610-894-7415. Or online at retirereadyfg.com. Of course, it's not just about taxes. It is about your investments as well. And a recent article from the Wall Street Journal echoes what I think a lot of us have seen recently. The 60-40 portfolio mix, it is failing. And it's not just because of the riskier uh, stock side of the portfolio. Both bonds and stocks, they've taken serious hits. And as interest rates continue to hold fast heading into 2024... Uh, Jim, what do you think? Should retirees and pre-retirees look at a different investment blend, whether that is the you know the percentage mix or the actual investments inside? Well, one thing we know, uh, Chris, is that millions and millions of Americans have that good old uh, you know sixty forty mix, mm-hmm. which means sixty percent of their retirement assets are in stocks and forty percent are in bonds, and that would mean it, by those ratios that would mean that today. Right now, at this moment, Saturday morning, there's thousands of people listening to the show right now who also fall into that 60-40 category. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important to point out that sometimes people have you know, their money in, in um, a lot of money, really, in these bond funds, and they're not even aware that they have bond funds or uh, funds that have bonds in them. And I think the, the, the main reason behind that is because so many mutual funds in their little title a lot of it is abbreviated, and a lot of people don't know what the abbreviations are. Um, they see fixed income, and they say, no, I, that's that's mostly bonds in there. Uh, but what's happening is a lot of these mutual funds in your 401ks and wherever, they don't sometimes use the word bond in the title of the fund. You know, it's like, like a can of sauce. It might not say, you know, whatever rate right on the front. You have to look at the back of it to actually see what the ingredients are. You know, there's people that don't know that they that they have such a big ratio in these bond funds. And I think that a lot of people just automatically think they have all stock related funds, because remember, um, your mutual funds has in, you know, they have ingredients. They have things, you know, they're comprised of stocks or bonds. Um, some of them um, are, are they have more stocks, some are more bonds, but these are, you know, mutual funds and ETF. Some of them are just bond related. And some are just stock related, and then there's the the mix. Um, so there's a whole bunch of variety out there. Um, and some of the, these target date funds, we talk about this all the time because they're so they're so important nowadays because they're really struggling. Uh, and they're also in offer just about in every 401k. These are the ones with that, that have a date in them, like 2025. You know that's supposed to be your target retirement date, so you match it up with your retirement date and when you're the fund to pick. Very very popular. Very popular, that 2025 fund. And I know for a fact there are tons of people right now listening, right now that own that fund. Um, and it doesn't have to be a Vanguard one. It could be in any retirement account. And what that fund does is it typically puts roughly 40% of your money in bonds. And a big portion uh, of uh, one of the one of the biggest duds of all which is this Vanguard Total Bond Market Index Fund. There are, there's so much money 
uh, invested it. If you look at the size of this, this fund, it is huge. It has earned investors. Ready for this? It's something like 0.02% uh. per year, per year for the past five years. The money is dead. Wow. Uh, and it's something like 0.7% or 0.8%, something like that for the past 10 years. I wouldn't touch that thing with a stick. <laughs> and, and to me, it's an absolute waste uh, for people to have people in their 50s or 60s uh, people are spending valuable time this is the this is the time when they should be focused on growing their assets but instead they're in these funds that they think they're making money in um you know and, and in fact I, I look i wouldn't say that people should be focused let me rephrase that uh, people need to be growing their money in their 50s and 60s to 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 fuel the 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 nest egg to be able to provide for you in your 70s, 80s, and beyond. And certainly, if you have 30% or 40% of your money only earning 0.7% per year, you're not likely to have built that retirement savings that you've always dreamt about. You know, retirement might look very different, at least from a financial standpoint, Chris. You know, on paper, the, these, these 60, 40 portfolios, target date funds, they're supposed to shift some of that, that risk uh, to to more stable funds, you know, still have a little bit of growth, but protect from the market downside. But it really sounds like, you know, if you're talking about this growth and, and combining it with the fees, it's just spinning your wheels for for years and years on end. And that is the exact opposite that, of what people want to do. So what what is the move here, if, if that's the case? In fact, that's one of the questions I get all the time. Jim, well, I don't know what else I can do. I mean, these are the funds I'm being offered in, in my 401k and my retirement account. And, you know, people ask me all the gym, is there anything that you can do better? And the answer is, yeah, I can certainly show you some financial instruments that can get you um, in that 5% range or even 6% range nowadays. So instead of you le leaving big chunks of your money, you know, stuck in the mud, we have to look outside of what Vanguard and what Fidelity and what these other companies are offering. Because when you really think about it, these big companies, the, the Vanguard Fidelity, I always pick on them, but TIAA, Empower, Nationwide, Merrill Lynch, they all have limitations. They have, they have access to many financial instruments, but they don't have access to everything. It's just like any other store in any other industry. They only have available what's on their shelves. And with me, what I do is I personally work with, with dozens and dozens of highly rated financial institutions that offer um, financial products and solutions that are not available in your 401k. And I know that most people listening right now already know this, but I'll repeat it for those that have never heard this before. And that is, look, if you're even if you're still working with your current job, if you're over age 59 and a half, you're usually allowed to roll over uh, either uh, you know all of your account or a portion of your uh, 401k to something else within an I, you know, an IRA. Okay. And there's literally thousands of investment choices where you could put your money that might be better suited than what your 401k is able to offer. So I'll give you an example. Let's say you have a $500,000 balance in the 401k and you say, you know what, I'm going to roll out 200,000 and you could put that 200,000 into a, a five and a half percent CD or fixed annuity. Uh, and those are the types of annuities, by the way, that don't have those annual fees that gave annuities a bad reputation. They don't, they're nice and clean, no annual fees. Um, and that 200000 that's the 40% of your portfolio. That's 40% of a half a million. 
if you left it in there, the 401k, it might have been earning less than 1% uh, in these bond funds. Or maybe you have other funds other than your 401k. Maybe you're working with a financial advisor. And they're also suggesting that same old 60-40, I call it a cookie cutter mix, and which is not working these days. <laughs> and every time you look at your statement, you, you look at the account, yeah, the balance is moving, it's going up and down and up and down. But you're not seeing, and you look at the chart, you know, where they usually show the progress over the years, and you're just not seeing it. You're not seeing any true growth over the years. And this is when, you know, you sometimes ask your financial advisor, hey, uh, you know, should I be should I be doing anything different? And you get that same annoying response, which is, let's just stay the course. Right. And it makes me wonder still how a financial advisor can put, you know, a big percentage of your money in these bond funds and these ETFs, and they're earning an average of let's say one, one and a half percent. And then the financial advisor, they're collecting an advisory fee from you also of around one percent. How convenient. <laughs> uh, so people are people are looking at their statements and saying, "What the heck is going on here?" Uh, you know, just about everything I'm making on that thirty or forty percent of my money in the bond funds is being swiped right out that same month by the financial advisor by their fee. And look, uh, I'm a financial advisor myself, so I'm letting you know what I'm seeing happening in my own industry. Um, and and if your financial advisor. Um, is collecting that fee, they're going to get the 1% regardless of whether you make 20% that year or, or if you make 2%, they're still getting paid. Even if you lose money, the advisor is still going to get paid the 1%. So what's the motivation there? What's, what's, what's going to get the financial advisor up off their rear end to make adjustments to your account if they're getting paid regardless of what your results are? And look, it's just much more lucrative for the advisor to tell you, you know what, just stay the course, you know, because then they get to spend their time, you know, if they go on to the, you know, their next little opportunity, they want to uh, bring on a new client, they, they get to spend their time trying to bring on new accounts. And that's how we get paid by bringing on new accounts. So it doesn't seem very fair to you. I don't think so. So meanwhile, there's financial instruments where, where they don't charge clients any annual fees. In other words, when you invest the money, uh, and I work with many of these, the financial institution pays us out of their pocket. So nothing comes out of your investments. Uh, and there's thousands of different types of financial products where you can work with advisors just like me and not be charged annual fees. And, and then what I do is, you know, that once I'm on board and helping out with investing some of your money, I also help you in the other areas of your financial planning that need to be addressed, especially things like the tax planning element. About 90% of the people I speak with, they have never been properly taught about how the, uh, how those inevitable required minimum distributions work. They're the, they're the RMDs. And we need to be mathematically planning ahead so that we have the best chance of giving the IRS the least amount of our retirement account balances so that we're keeping the most for ourselves and for our families. So look, the bottom line here is that if you're in that 60-40 mix, even 70-30, something like that, stock and bond in your current 401k, uh, you might not be in the best position given today's economic circumstances. So it's probably a great, great time right now 
to get a second opinion, get a second set of eyes uh, by a professional like myself. 610-894-7415 is the phone number. The website, retirereadyfg.com. With it being the end of the year, that means it's time for certain tax chores. And one strategy that investors often use is something called tax loss harvesting. Uh, Jim, what is tax loss harvesting? And is this something that, uh, you know, uh, the listeners out there can, can do on their own or should they maybe steer clear of that? Yeah, well, you know, Chris, it is the fall season. Mm -hmm. uh, leaves have changed colors, have fallen off the trees. Time for some harvesting, <laughs> uh, right? So well, here in the financial services industry, we are doing some harvesting as well. Uh, but it's mostly indoors and it's done with a pen and paper. Actually, computers uh, are doing most <laughs> of the heavy lifting nowadays. But yeah, the technique, and let's spend some time talking about this. Um, it's called tax loss harvesting. And I'm not sure exactly how they came up with that name, but I guess it does have a little ring to it. But at the heart of the matter, tax loss harvesting is just a strategy, and it is approved by the IRS, in which uh, in, it allows investors, um, which they can, you know, potentially uh, lower their their current federal taxes by deliberately triggering capital losses in order to offset some taxes that they might owe on some capital gains. If you have, you know, other investments. That, that have a loss in value, they can be sold in order to claim a credit against the profits that may have been realized in other assets that you have. And even if you sell an investment at a loss, and if you have no investments that have capital gains this year, the loss can still be carried over to future upcoming years to help offset future gains or future income. And there's really no expiration date on how long the losses can be used to help potentially reduce your taxes on your future income tax returns. So it's kind of like making lemonade out of lemons. It's a way to, to turn a negative into a positive. Uh, but these techniques are not available with your 401k or your IRA. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, they would just be available in your regular um, non-qualified brokerage accounts uh, primarily. Um, and there are a a few rules that do need to be followed. So we definitely want to make sure we are reading up on this and make sure we're working with a, a tax professional before we just start going out and doing this on our own, Chris. It definitely sounds like something that, that is complicated and honestly flies kind of in the face of that old adage, buy low, sell high, because you just said that, you know, selling uh, at the loss to, to reap the tax benefits down the line. Uh, I, don't, I don't want to speak on behalf of all the listeners out there, but this is certainly not something that, that, I would try to do on my own, but how, how do people go about doing this? How do, how do you go about doing this? Yeah, well, I, I think the easiest way to see if you're a candidate uh, for this type of strategy would be to, to look, at one of your, look at one of your latest uh, statements. And I know a lot of people just look at page one of their statement because that's where it says big and bold where your, what your balance is. Yep. But you're going to have to go into the, into the weeds on this <laughs> okay. one a little bit, into those, uh, into those back pages of the, uh, the statements. And um, maybe like page three or page, maybe page five, something like that. You have to go to the section where it says holdings. Almost all statements have the same uh, general titles, the same topics, you know, the balances, the holdings, the mm -hmm. activity and all of that. Go to the section that says holdings. Okay. And, and then skim with your eye. It's normally on the right hand column of your statement. You're going to see another uh, subtitle that says unrealized gain slash loss. Okay. Um, and those are the figures. Um, if there's parentheses there, uh, then those are your losses. 
if the figures are not in parentheses, then those are usually your gains. Uh, but they're gains that have not yet been taxed. And I know that so many people listening right now, they have substantial gains in many of their stocks. And many people have losses in other things like their bond funds and the bond ETFs. So this technique could be a big winner uh, from a tax saving standpoint, potentially. And the way it works is, is by you have to just deliberately sell some of your investments that you have a gain in order to, and I'm doing air quotes here, in order to realize the gain. Uh, and then you would also have to sell maybe a, a different investment where you have a loss in order to, quote, realize the loss. Because when you buy and sell, that's when taxes are triggered. So the next step would be that you can repurchase the investment where you had the gain, especially if you're happy with that investment. Go right back and get it again. But the rule is that for the investment where you had the loss, you are allowed to repurchase and, and reinvest in it, but you have to wait till after 30 days have passed from the date that you sold it. Otherwise, it violates something called a wash sale rule. Okay. So the bottom line here is that uh, this technique could absolutely... Uh, potentially save you thousands or even tens of thousands of dollars or more in taxes that you would have otherwise paid, but you need to know what you're doing. So I would suggest consulting with your financial advisor, or if your advisor is not having these uh, discussions with you, maybe they're not familiar with this technique. Not every advisor is. So in that event, I would suggest grabbing your phone, giving my office a call. Call right now. We'll have a discussion uh, later this week. Not today. I know you're out in the car and doing running errands and all of that. We'll, we'll talk later this week, uh, but call now. And we only have a couple of weeks left in this year, uh, so it's important. Grab your phone. Uh, you want to get on my calendar. So, again, someone from my team will take down your name and number, and uh, we'll have a, a chat or a Zoom or something, a phone call later this week. The number to call right now, 610-894-7415. That's 610-894-7415. And yeah, I'd be more than happy to give you our fellow 1210 WPHT listener a complimentary consultation to see if there's something additional I can bring to the table or something I can point out to you to help you in potentially minimizing your taxes this year. Uh, once again, the number 610-894-7415, Chris. Regardless of what it is that you want to achieve in retirement, what you want to do, something that I feel is probably universal for all retirees out there is and, and not even just retirees, but paying as little in taxes as possible. And this is one of those techniques where that can help out with that. But it is something that, uh, as Jim pointed out there, uh, you want to be careful about doing it and, and almost certainly don't want to do it on your own. Give Jim a call, have that conversation, and then see uh, if it's something that you could take advantage of this year. 610-894-7415. Uh, this is also the time of year where we hear predictions of what is ahead for investors, Jim. Here is Portfolio Manager Adam Hetz on CNBC. One of the most profound themes in the market that we're going to feel through 2024 and 2025 is the long and variable lag of this historic spike in interest rates we've been feeling. We don't know what could be ahead of us in the next year or two as far as the repercussions of all those higher rates transmitting through the economy. It doesn't mean investors need to be balanced, stay invested, not move out of the market, not move to cash, even if those 5% cash rates are really enticing. Stay invested, stay balanced, but I think err on the side of being defensive through higher quality equities and very high quality investment grade fixed income. So what do you think about what Adam said there? If someone doesn't have the appetite for risk in the market, is there some sort of fixed income alternative that can work well in a retirement plan? 
Well, Chris, uh, tis the season uh, when I get hit with this question, probably five to 10 times a day. <laughs> okay. Jim, what do you think the market's uh, going to be doing? Where do you think <laughs> we're headed for the upcoming year? And look, I've been doing this for 25 years. I've been asked this question around this exact same time to the past 25 years in a row. Mm -hmm. And I, I give people an honest answer each and every year, which is, who the heck knows? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'll never forget watching these TV commentators like during when tw 2020 um, came about with when COVID hit us um, and all of these people were on TV and the desks, you know, lined up putting their two cents in where, and this is a lot of the reason was because they sent us all home. So then I was, I don't normally watch TV, but I was watching it mm -hmm. because we were, sent home and kind of trying to figure out what was going on with COVID. Anyway, so I was watching the news and, you know, the, you see these commentators sitting around the desks, you know, on CNBC and they're making their predictions on how bad they thought the market was going to be in 2020. And, um, and then they, you know, they said, well, man, it could be even worse than 2008. You know, if this virus really does this, that, the other. And then the market ended up actually gaining around 20 something percent that year that's right in 2020 i mean boy they were off big time uh so what i like to do instead of, of focusing on trying to make predictions i like to focus on the facts and the facts are that right now we have a substantially high cycle of inflation and, and we can get fixed rates in the five percent range six percent range there's people that have said in the past man if we only got back up to those levels i would i would take everything and just put it in that i've heard that countless times and this is just so important right now because a lot of people listening right now have a substantial amount of money in these stable value funds in their 401k when biden took office a lot of people got spooked i don't blame them um, but people are now earning just in that two percent range with their money um, and those folks that, that have the money in the stable value, they have it there not because they're thrilled with the 2% interest, but they say, Jim, I'd rather earn a little bit of interest than risk losing a big portion of it in the stock market. I don't blame you. So the thing is that I want to point out right now is that there's, there's uh, you know, when we look at the market in general and there's balanced mutual funds which have stocks and bonds. If you look at the past history, they were only averaging around five to six percent per year over the past 10 years during one of the biggest booms of the market that we've ever seen here in America. So it's really refreshing to be able to get that same five to six percent interest uh, with no fee, no, no annual fees and all that and with no market risk. It's available now. So you can still enjoy those similar returns without putting your hard-earned money that you've accumulated throughout your lifetime in the hands of the risky stock market. And we've also just, you know, have a, you know, we can't ignore where America is from a financial standpoint. We have a ton of debt here. Mm -hmm. America, the country, we're talking about federal debt. So I'm, I'm one of those financial advisors who is really focused on ways to help in minimizing our taxes going forward because of the high likelihood of taxes going up. And we said it earlier in the show, the government raised our taxes very high before, and, and they could do it again, certainly. And here's a, another quick little fun fact. Uh, as recent as 1986, not too long ago, I mean, we, we all kind of remember 1986. If you were single back then, if you made Ready for this? If you made over $88,000 in income, the federal income tax bracket back then was 50%, five zero. Ugh. So yes, the government took half of everything you made over 88,000 bucks. And if you don't believe me, Google it. 
And, and back in 1986, we didn't have, thank goodness, we didn't have 401ks because, oh my gosh, withdrawals from the 401ks, they're counted as income, mm -hmm. just like the income you make from work and all of that. So imagine if you're, if you're making a withdrawal from your 401k, let's say you're collecting your social security check, maybe a small pension. Uh, imagine giving half of that withdrawal to the government, to the IRS. And, you know, a lot of people tend to remember, Jim, I can remember back in the early 80s, we had really high CD rates back then in the early 1980s. Um, and, uh, and, and look, for the interest you earn on CDs is taxed as ordinary income, um, which means that, yeah, you might have been earning a very high rate, but if your total income was more than 55,000 bucks, you were paying 63% tax and losing 63% of that CD interest to the government. So look, in addition to be focused on, on how to grow people's retirement savings, of course I'm focused on that. Mm -hmm. I also, also like to focus on helping my clients prepare for the likelihood of taxes going up, Chris. Because it's not just uh, you know making money in the markets or in your investments. Obviously, that is a major component. But being able to keep as much of that as possible, keeping Uncle Sam that uh, that semi silent partner in your in your the business that is your retirement accounts, keeping him at bay, uh, and that is really what you do, what you've been doing for you know uh, uh, twenty five years now, over twenty five years, helping people with their retirements with this comprehensive planning and and making sure they get to enjoy as much of their money as possible, right? Of course. And, and think about it. So many people have money in the 401ks. And when you, when you call the 401k uh, folks right there, when you call in, it says, please don't ask us any tax related question. <laughs> Consult your tax advisor. They know the answer to your tax questions. They do. They just don't want to spend time and their resources teaching you about them. They mm -hmm. want you to go pay and have someone else do it. Um, and that's the tax planning uh, consultant that they try to shift you over to. And look, I love it on the today's show because we've been talking about taxes almost throughout the whole show. Yeah. And the big reason we're doing that is because we're closing in on the 2023 tax year. We only have a couple of weeks, weeks left to take advantage of these reduced taxes that President Trump put into place for us all several years ago. And married couples can get some of the retirement account monies uh, switched or converted from a traditional IRA uh, or a 401k over to a Roth IRA yeah, you're going to be taxed uh, when you do it, but you're going to be taxed at the incredibly small tax level rate of just 12% if you have an, if you have total taxable income of under right around 100,000. And this is all thanks to President Trump. So you have a couple of weeks left this year. Uh, we're never going to see 12% tax rates again in our life, in my opinion. Um, so you have to figure out now if this is appropriate for you to do in, the, in, in this coming tax year, uh, because once the money is in that Roth, which is the most luxurious account for, we have from a tax standpoint here in the financial world, because uh, it's tax-free growth, uh, you never have to pay tax again for the rest of your life on any interest or dividends or growth or anything on that money. And then don't forget the benefit to your kids. Your kids won't have to pay any federal income tax on the Roth money when they inherit the money from you down the road. And I'm just finding that so many people I'm speaking with, they know about these strategies. Jim, I heard about that. I heard about that. Uh, but they they know just enough to talk, to talk generally about the concept. But people uh, don't feel comfortable enough sometimes to take action because they're reading about it, hearing about it from a coworker. Uh, to, but people are still have questions. 
If you have questions or concerns about reaching your retirement goals, then give the Retire Ready Financial Group a call, 610-894-7415, or visit us online at retirereadyfg.com. Retire Ready Wealth Management is not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if Retire Ready Wealth Management is licensed in your state, please call 610-704-2792. Retire Ready Wealth Management is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products. Offer through James Cipriati, Pennsylvania Insurance License, 366900. Investment advisory services offered through Impact Partnership Wealth, LLC, a Securities and Exchange Commission registered investment advisor firm. IPW and Retire Ready Financial Group are non-affiliated firms. Registration is not an endorsement of the firm by securities regulators and does not mean the advisor has achieved a specific level of skill or ability. Investing involves risk. There's always the potential of losing money when you invest in securities. Asset allocation, diversification, and rebalancing do not ensure a profit or protect against loss in declining markets. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. IPW, its affiliates, and its investment advisor representatives do not provide legal tax or accounting advice. You should consult your legal and or tax professionals before making any financial decisions. Please be advised that you may conduct securities transactions only by speaking directly with your investment advisor representative, either by phone or in person.